This week, we interview Corey Busser with Smoke Sergeant Barbecue. He reverses the truth serum, and he gets me with a needle. Welcome to the Butcher Barbecue Podcast, World Headquarters, Wellston, Oklahoma. The Butcher Turn Pitmaster, your host, David Bosca. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Butcher Barbecue Podcast. This last weekend, we cooked a contest and had a gentleman beside us that was, let's just say, I think was a lot of fun and will have a lot of questions. His name's Corey Bussert. Team name is Smoke Sergeant. Corey, say hello to everybody. Hey, Dave. How's everybody going? Thanks for having me on the podcast today. You bet. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, so, like you said, my name's Corey Bussert. I run the uh, Smoke Sergeant Barbecue Team. Essentially, the way it started was there's a group of active duty cookers that we kind of got together. I'm also part of a uh, nonprofit for veterans. And so I started cooking to take winnings from there and donate over to the veterans to be able to go take them out hunting and fishing and, and be able to help the organization with, with fundraising, essentially. I think that is huge. And, and that's what I was gathering, sending there, uh, chatting with all of you guys. Tell us about when you first cooked. So my first cook, <clears throat> I really, I started cooking with my dad about three years ago. Uh, you know, he was running the team, being in the Army active duty. I just moved back to the area uh, of Houston and I really wanted to learn. So we cooked, we had some success, you know, we learned a lot. And then one day I called him, I said, hey, I need to borrow your pit. I want to go cook this local uh, cook-off up here in Huntsville at the American Legion. And he said, okay, you know, can I help? And I said, yeah, come on over. Well, we uh, first competition by myself, it was a little different. I wound up taking, I think, a 10th in ribs and an 11th in pulled pork. I was kind of hooked at that point. We had to, it was actually kind of weird because I sold the barbecue pit that day at the competition. So I had to uh, <laughs> start figuring out what I was going to cook on. We had tried drums for a while, uh, never really knew the exact theory on it. And so I spent a lot of Google and a lot of YouTube on how to use drums. And then that's kind of where we got cooking. Didn't you have four of them this weekend? I did. I had uh, three 55-gallon drums, and I had one 30-gallon drum that's my son. You know, he's seven, and we're trying to – we're trying to. We named him Gen 3 Smoke uh, as a third-generation smoker. So a little family tradition we're trying to pass on down. I think that's cool. Tell us about your type. Oh, I'm sorry. Tell us about what you cook on each one. Do you use one per category? Yes, I do. Um, you know, my original theory, I, I've built about 10 different drums and uh, finally got to the, the setup I like. And so, yeah, I have one chicken, one ribs, one pour, or, um, chicken ribs, brisket, and then with KCBS this weekend having the pulled pork, I had to steal my son's pit to be able to cook that one. <laughs> That's did, did he get any of the leftovers at least? He didn't. He did. He definitely enjoyed it. it it's funny because we were going to put him in the kids' queue this weekend. But like you said, we, we needed the pit. And I know we have a cook-off coming up soon where he'll do the uh, kids' queue on that one. Great. Well, tell me a little bit about your turn-ins. Was you happy with everything? Uh, for me, you know, being, being my first KCBS, I was really happy with my brisket, not knowing the whole box build them. I watched several YouTube videos on that. Uh, I was really happy with the way those turned out. Brisket, again, I loved them. My ribs, I wish I could have put more in the box. I think I put seven in there. They were a little dark to me. The chicken drums, I decided to do. I practiced size one. To me, it was a consistency thing on size. I didn't really like it. Bob, barbecue guru, had put a class on the, about Wednesday before the cook-off. And he said, hey, we do legs. So I said, well, we'll try legs. 
And uh, I never cooked legs before until that day. Probably wasn't the smartest thing. The flavor was there, some skin that, that kind of broke. But for a first-time competition, I was really, really satisfied with what with what I put in the box. Well, that's what I had. I I got a piece of your chicken drumstick, and it's exactly like I told you. It had a good flavor. There was no doubt. I think the cooking might have been a little bit overboard as far as too much time. Maybe if you would raise your heat just a fraction, you could take the time down, and that would help with the dryness and that skin. Yeah, you know, I, I Googled. Again, most of my learning has been through Google, uh, a little bit of YouTube. Stacy Lawler from Brisket Syndicate, he cooked, he's, he's, a, he's a very good cook out here in Huntsville. And he said, hey, man, you got to do the Jacquard method. And I was like, I didn't think it was Friday before the cook-off. I'm running around trying to find one of these things. Again, just trying it for the first time. Some of them were good. Some of them were But again, it's just practice. Oh, there's no doubt about that. It's definitely all about practice. Getting into a system, a routine, it's just easier to do a cook-off if you did them every day or, I mean, every weekend or every other weekend versus one a month. Yeah, exactly. Well, did you feel like your cook came off okay? Were you happy with the way things finished as far as the chicken got done in time, ribs got done in time, et cetera? Yeah, everything was done in plenty of time. You know, I was telling uh, my wife, my brisket, I'm always struggling on my brisket. You know, I get up early in the morning, put it on. Her and my dad are both always on me. You need to rest your brisket. You need to rest your brisket. Well, you know, I always run out of time and maybe not get that full rest. I decided to do something different for this cook-off again that class. Bob from Barbecue Guru said he puts it on at midnight. And I said, you know what, hey, I mean, he's, he's obviously a pro. He's won a lot. Let's try it. So I did. I put it on at midnight. I got up at 5.15. I wrapped him. And they were done about, I think, 9 o'clock in the morning. Put them in the cooler, rest them. For me, it was by far my best brisket. So it was nice to hear a theory, you know, because everybody's got different theories on how to cook briskets times temps. And uh, it was just one I tried. Gave me plenty of rest time, and it was it was fantastic in my opinion. Well, good. Yeah, I believe I tried that too of yours. Flavor was real good. I do remember. I appreciate that. Moisture wasn't there, but, you know, hey, we'll – we're learning. It was the first time I really spent good money on a brisket. I didn't go Wagyu. Uh, we got a local butcher. He's a great guy, uh, Michael Mozjak, and he owns uh, Mozjak's Meat Market there in Conroe, just south of us. And you know, I called him up, and he trimmed me a uh, competition prime, and it was great. I'm a I'm an HEB oh. guy, a little local grocery store, but everybody said, hey, if you're going to go in this big competition, you need to get good meat, and uh, it made a big difference. Well, yeah, I, I I'm a firm believer, and it starts with the meat. You can't turn in a filet if you start with hamburger. Exactly. So you have any particular questions you want to talk to me about? Yeah. So, you know, I've been watching, you know, I used to a lot of YouTube and stuff like that. Besides, you know, my dad taught me a lot. And, you know, I've been evolving. So on your wrap for your ribs, you know, I've seen people flip ribs every 30 minutes and then some wraps, some don't. And I was just warning on your basic rib wrap. You know, for me, it's a little seasoning in the foil and brown sugar. Uh, a little bit of honey, maybe some butter in there, you know, repeat on the top and wrap. Is that a, is that the norm running around uh, competition barbecue these days? The sad thing is, is it's all sweet, but yes, that's the normal. There's variations that folks do. They may take away 
a honey or take away a brown sugar, but the sweetness and the butter is the normal. Some people will add barbecue sauce to their wrap because they like the, the zing sometimes it gets. Some folks wrap with a vinegar-based product because they like that. But to generally, yeah, you're right on. It's brown sugar and buddy, butter. Okay, you know, my other thing on ribs, you know, again, I learned, you know, I put a little barbecue sauce on the, uh, or a glaze as a finish. And, you know, you see a lot of these products out there, rib glaze. There's, there's, there's several different, you know, apple habanero glazes. What's, what's your theory on that? Do you like a, those rib glazes or do you prefer a, uh, like a sauce to finish them up with? I use a sauce. I don't do any glazes. Okay. But I was, I was just wondering. Yeah. No, they, they have their purpose and I think they win a lot. Can't say that they're my favorite, but it's just my style, my method, how I want them to look. A lot of people are using them for a little heat. I can get heat through my rub or through my sauce. So it's just something I've never dove off into. Okay. When you're wrapping your ribs, do you wrap a meat side up or meat side down? I go meat down. Myself. You know, I, you know, when I started with the ribs, it was a little, you know, everybody talks about the three, two, one method. And I think it's a, I think it's a great starter method. You know, and I found out I pull a little time off, you know, here and there, maybe add some, but I think that's what everybody, you know, it's a good starter, but it's not the answer right and i think that's what it should be sold as if someone's saying one is this is the ultimate the only way to do it they need to cook a little bit more but i agree yeah it's a great starter tweak it to your smoker the size of ribs you have how you want them getting finished so yeah so my my next question the chicken skin so i do a lot of ibca cook-offs uh here in texas and so we do chicken halves you know like we were talking about the other day, you know, you and I both cooked at Houston Livestock Show Rodeo this last year. You know, what we did, I think we did just a single half, not not a whole chicken. How do you work the, the chicken skin through that? Do you do it the same as your thighs? Because the thighs usually take skin off and try to trim it down. It's not really practical on a half chicken. What I've done on the half chickens that I've cooked, and disclaimer, dude, I don't do a ton of them. I am not a master yeah. at it. Never claimed to be. But I can tell you what I do. That's just all I can tell you. Yeah. I do spatchcock the chicken open. And on the Texas style, I do kind of a reverse spatchcock to where the breasts are held together. And I'm sorry, I said that backwards. I do it to where the breasts are split so that when I go to separate it, skin doesn't just tear apart. Because there Houston, you remember, it had to be tagged and we were only given two tags for chicken. To where exactly. if I went ahead and split it, I had one chicken to cook. If I left them together, it gave me two chickens with four halves. I split my chickens and then I tagged them together, I think, through the wing. It was, it was definitely interesting because I'd never seen tagging uh, you know, Houston was actually my second competition ever by myself or as a head cook. So, you know, I didn't have a lot of experience running around with different taggings or different cook methods. So I remember when the, uh, oh, you know, what I was saying is when he came by, you know, I, I usually split my chickens in half and then I cook them. I don't do a spatchcock or anything like that. And when I did that, he, he looked over at me and he says, well, you got to put this metal band through both pieces. Like I said, being my second cook off ever, I was, I was in a tight spot because I had to figure out how to get them together uh, to make that cook. Gotcha. Yeah, that's the reason I took two chickens, spatchcocked them, but like I said, I, I split the breast, not the backbone, so that the chicken, the breast held perfect in the skin, and then when I cut it, the 
it was easier to cut through the back than the breast for me. Okay. And this allowed me two whole chickens tagging one apiece and gave me four halves to choose from. Nice. But as far as that, any method of the cooking, I cook at the same KCBS or that. Yes, time changes, but I still do a butter bath. I cook it, pull it out, apply a little extra rub, set my sauce on it, and then that's how we turn it in. Yeah, that, that chicken you had this weekend was phenomenal. Uh, well, that was probably you. one of the prettiest pieces of chicken I had, I'd ever had, and, and uh, it, it, it tasted really good. Well, I appreciate it. And they did, too. We, we had a good call on it, didn't we? You did. You definitely got a call <laughs> on it. The, that pr- particular product was just exactly what I said. We, we injected it the day before. I usually put it in a Ziploc, pour the leftover injection on it, let it set overnight, pull it out the next morning. I applied some rub, put it down in the pan, put our grilling oil on it, and then just go through my process. Yeah, this is the, I, I'd seen that. I started putting a, a butter bath in mine. I think I used Tony Sachery's Creole butter. You know, to try to get something uh-huh. in there. We don't have a lot of options as far as buying things here uh, in Huntsville. You know, just your local Walmart, Kroger, HEB. Yeah, so I was like, I want to put some kind of butter in there, but not just normal. So I think I put that Creole butter in there just to try to give it something. It was a random guess and a random try at it. The flavor didn't come along strong from your chicken, so I don't think it was a bad deal. Sounds like you think a lot like I do. If I'm adding something to it, I want it to bring something to the table. I don't want just a plain or a blah flavor. That's the reason I never enjoyed just spritzing with water. Apple juice doesn't add much. That's the reason I did the, I do those oils. Yeah. On your pork butt, what'd you think of that? I didn't like it. It, it was, again, it was the first time, so my wife is the uh, pork queen. She'll she'll eat it. I can cook it good. I can cook it bad. The only thing she cares about is that I salted the night before. She swears she can tell the difference. Mine was a little overdone. Kind of lost track of time on that one. I think I pulled that one around two oh nine, and it was it was too tender for me. The taste was good. I, I believe um, it can be done too. Yes. Yeah, and, and it was the first time I ever done a muddy muscle. So um, again, I was YouTubing videos on cooking that. And there was a lot of theories out there on how to you know you can't separate it beforehand you know and that's how i learned you had to have a four pound butt and so i I tried a couple different things again wasn't happy but again more practice will get me there i agree and a good thing to keep in mind is maybe take a simple note as to what you did that way the next cook you'll go okay i tried this let's take the step over to here that way you always remember what you did in the past yeah that's you know and i think that's one of the big things almost doing an after action right down to what you did what you like i know for me i was stressing about the 30 minute turn it you know and you and i had talked about that out there at the end of it, it it really isn't that bad that 30 minute between was was a lot more time than you thought. I know I was getting early, getting my boxes done. And so for me, I know next time it's not that stressful and, and you actually have more time than you. 30 minutes is longer than you believe, especially if you're used to the IBCA world where it could be an hour, hour and a half, even two. But with the 30 minutes, first thing you think is, oh my God, oh my gosh. But yeah, like I was telling you, just stay organized pre-stage stuff get things cleaned up out of the way get your trash can ready have plenty of paper towels i even set up on my counter if i need a certain knife sauce i get everything set where i need it so that when it comes time i'm not jumping around my trailer trying to find it yeah you know with us having my sponsor uh next to us clint wilson with cowboy contractor having his camper there next to you was really nice because 
it was, you know, my kids were in my camper. So, you know, a four and a seven-year-old, you can imagine what that camper probably looked like, toys and everything. So, you know, it was just him and his camper. And that's where we built our boxes in his camper. We you know, did all the cutting the meat and it worked out great. Go in there, cut meat, put it in the box. He would run the meat for me. I'd bring everything out. We'd clean everything up. And, and like you told me, get prepped for your next meet. And like I said, it worked great. That's good. That's good. Did you hit the front of every window? Do you feel like you got to the middle? Where where was you at? I was definitely on the front end. I mean, we were boxed okay. and, and we were ready. So like I said, now that I know that I've got a little more time, you know, I, I probably had, you know, I, actually I was on the front window. So I had another 10 minutes for every one of them, you know, because five before or five after. But I was rushing. I made good cuts, but I didn't want to run out of time and uh, get disqualified. So I I was glad to be early, but I'll, I'll push it a little next time. I understand that. Yeah, you can always back time as to when you want to cut into your meat for the first time or, or forward it. That way you can kind of gauge, hey, I I need to do this to my ribs. I know i got two minutes, plenty of time. Exactly. So he he rang your boxes, he come back, then you were already cleaned up and getting ready. Is that was your way of thinking? Yeah, exactly. So come back. By the time he came back, you know, he'd sit there and he's like, man, how do you feel about the turn-ins? Or me and my wife would talk or, you know, check on the kids for about five minutes. And then it was like, all right, it's ready to go. Let's let's get in there and let's get things going. So did you taste your food as you're slicing it or did you wait till he got back? I tasted everything before, like on ribs. You know, you, you got those 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 ends where you don't really care about them, you're not turning them in. So like my ribs, I'd mm-hmm. cut that and try that. But for me, I don't I don't like salt. I can't tell things with that I can only tell when it's too salty. So my wife and, and Clint do all my salt tasting for me. So do you check for other flavors? Can you pick up other flavors is what I'm asking? Or is it just salt that you can't pick up? It's just salt that I can't pick up. Uh, other than okay. that, you know, I can tell uh, a lot of other things. But at the end of the day, if you know, for me, if it's good and I like it, you know, it's like, okay, that's what I've been cooking. I'm good with it. All right, guys, come check for salt. Okay. So you can pick up a little savoriness. You can get sweet. You can get heat. Just sodium doesn't absorb with you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And did they like the salt content of your food? They actually did. They actually added no salt to any of my food. And crazy enough, the beans, you know, my bean turn in, I got a little comment card that that said they were too salty. I was really surprised on that because I'm good at what's too salty. And, uh, but I guess, you know, that one particular judge thought it was, they were salty. Yeah. And that's his opinion. That's what barbecue is. Yep. We're not playing golf. It doesn't either go in the cup or it's out of the cup. Yeah. It's still personal opinion. Exactly. So you did your turn ins. Do you add any extra spice to it after tasting it before it goes in the box? Or do you just normally, well, this is how it's cooked. I'm turning it in. Typically it, it, it's what comes out of the box, you know, or what comes out, I try and I like it. I put it in there. Uh, again, I, I mentioned Stacy Lawler with uh, Brisket Syndicate. He, he's been helping me a lot for this KCBS. He was used to cooking it a lot, and he lives just down the road. Stacy was a gentleman, if you didn't know. He has the one leg, and he was out running around helping with the whole event. He brought me over to his house. We cooked some briskets, and on my brisket, he had told me about finishing dust. And so I did put that on my brisket this weekend, or this past weekend. And so it was... It was different for me. I'd never done it, but we, we thought that it elevated it enough to where now we got to start looking at the other meat. That's right. I was fixing to say that product or a style of product 
will definitely work for other meats too. A lot of folks will take the rub that they already are using, grind it down in the coffee grinder, make it a fine powder, and just reapply that. Some will add other things to it to help zip it up and let that be the final flavor. Some will add cayenne, white pepper, MSG, or complete other rub to change the flavor and make it another layer of flavor. Exactly. Kind of like the chicken of ours. That was the rub, but you get that herbiness in the back. Exactly. Yeah. Like you said, it's just all layering flavors on there and just giving it flavor. I mean, that's, that's the end of the day. That's the end of the game. Yeah, salt's a flavor, smoke's a flavor, sauce is a flavor. Do you, What I like to do is I'll try to save a little bit of each of the meats, and then I try it the next day coming out of the refrigerator because in essence the judges it's going to be room temp it's not gonna be cold but then i've got the smoke cleaned out of my mouth and so i get a fresh taste of the product the next day that's a good idea well what else have you thought about that you'd like to chat about so you know we um when you tried my brisket you said you liked my flavor uh the moisture you know i did inject but but what's other ways that you can get more moisture there i tried yours and it was night and day moisturized. I thought mine was, was good, you know, but yours definitely had a lot more moisture in it. So what are, what are some of the other things I can go with that outside of just a normal injection? Or should I look at changing injection? I'm not going to suggest changing anything until you tweak it one way or the other and see if it does change it. Because if it's not the injection, it may be the cooking method. What was the product? And then... It might be the cooking method and have nothing to do with the injection, or it might be backwards. So I'm not going to suggest a, a complete wholesale change until we figure out a few things. Okay. Let's go with your injection. Tell me about what you did. So I think it was, you know, I was already trimmed up. So I think eight o'clock on Friday night, uh, I've been, I used Cosmos Moisture Magic and Reserve Blend. I mixed her that with, you know, distilled water, pumped it full through there. And then I hit it with a rub, uh, you know, shortly after that, and then put it in the freezer or the refrigerator and uh, let it rest until about midnight. So about four hours rest. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Uh, from there, you know, I took it out, put it on the pit. I cooked mine at 250 on the drum smoker, you know, about five hours at 250, fat cap down. And then I wrapped it at, you know, 515 in the morning. And I put, I think it was two cans of beef consomme with his, uh, brisket mop ran that until about nine and then pulled it and i i tinted it a little bit to get that steam out of there stop cooking it because i liked uh where i was at when i was probing it you know then i folded it back up put it in the cooler and let it sit there until time to start cutting all right how much of the injection and the and phosphate did you add to how much liquid i think it's three quarter or two-thirds of a cup of reserve blend with a tablespoon of the moisture magic to 20 ounces of water Okay, that sounds just fine. I'm not 100% familiar with the makeup of the product, but there's no reason that that should change. Okay. The next one, the four hours, there's nothing wrong. Four hours is a minimum that we would recommend, but that doesn't sound bad. If you could go a little bit longer, that's fine. I inject about noon, but I don't put my rub on it till nine at night. Okay. Because there's a lot more salt in the rubs than you're going to get in the injection. But we're just looking 
at your total store, you told me, I would say, let's start with your cooking process because the product that you used, the method wouldn't have been a bad one. Oh, let's, let me ask you this on that 20 ounces. Did that go into the complete brisket or a flat or a flattened point? Uh, flat. Okay. Cause I and wasn't going to do burn ins cause I didn't, uh, you know, I've heard if you're not confident in them, don't turn them in. And I just never done burn ins. Then you had plenty of liquid added into it. I would just back it up a few hours, let it set just a little bit longer or change the cooking method a little bit, because I'm just going to tell you at 250 degrees at five and a half hours is a long time. What we need to look at is, did you temperature probe your brisket when you wrapped it? I did. It was at 156. I'm going to tell you, it probably sat at that 156, probably a 45 minutes to an hour. And that's just dissipating moisture out of the brisket. So I would back that up a little bit, but I would raise my cooking temperature a little bit, especially in the drum. I think you'll find a better brisket between 275 and 290. You're going to think, oh my, it's getting pretty hot. If you keep it around 275, you're going to be able to wrap in about three hours. Then you'll retain more moisture on that. Then add what you want to add to it when you wrap. The consomme is not crazy. That's pretty common. Then once you wrap it, it's going to take two, maybe two and a half hours, and you're going to be done. Okay. All, all that's going to do, what you're going to find is meat. the brisket is going to start – dissipating its moisture at about 145 to 150 and you're letting it sit there a little long open aired which is going to continue pulling moisture out without really raising the internal temperature that much that is going to be where i would start i don't think your injection's bad i don't think your finish is bad i just think that very middle part is where i would is where i'd work on like i said i'm glad to glad to learn you know it's it's one of those things you know you you can watch youtube videos all over the place and you'll hear Oh, I'm, I'm 225, I'm 325, I'm 290, you know, and it's, it's one of those things you just got to try and work it. You know, my end goal is try to win to, to raise money for veterans. You know, that's that's why we put this team together. Absolutely, and that's commendable, and thank you for everything you've done. And Yeah, no, I'm still active duty. I'm just, uh, I run the recruiting center here in Huntsville. I got uh, 15 years in, I got five left. Uh, I told him I was eligible to retire. Um, that's why you saw the big Gill Army uh outside my camper i seen the uh easy up yeah i just steal that one from the office <laughs> on your brisket what you have to remember is sometimes it's not just temp and i know you said you watched a lot of youtubes are your drums homemade yeah okay the airflow is also is just as important as heat so if you've watched a lot of youtubes and like you said folks are doing three 325 275 it works in their process because of the airflow. Take your airflow and try to manipulate it for the time and temps. The temperature I would start, like I said, is about 275. 250 might be good if you had higher airflow, but it's not. Your drums are not pulling or drafting as much, so I would raise the temperature up to match what airflow you're getting. That's the reason I said it like that, is, is it's got to do with airflow as much as temperature. I mean, if you really think about it, take an oven. There's no airflow inside a kitchen oven. It's just heat. So you add a convection to it like they do in restaurants, time's cut in half. Yeah, exactly. So, and if we can cut the time down in the smoker, let's be real, it 
takes away the the chances or opportunities for a screw up or drying up or overcooking. It's in, it's out. So that's where I'd look at is try to lower your time a little bit. Okay. How long do you like to rest? My briskets come out normally between 930. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My briskets come out about 1030, 1045. And I don't even open them up until I'm prepping pork. I don't vent them. I don't do anything. Gosh, I'm trying to think, Corey. Anything else? Um, You mentioned boxes. You weren't comfortable with them. But I remember chatting with you. And you said that you didn't. Did you say you make them on site or before? I did. I made them on site. I was going to go with one theory. uh, Then I learned another theory. And we just said, hey, let's let's just make them. I think we made them at like 10 o'clock Saturday morning. I was going to get the wife to do it. I figured she'd be all nice and pretty with it. I said, you know what? No, it's it's my competition. I'm gonna do it. So, me and uh, Clint went in there. You know, we're two big two big guys trying to be nimble with these these uh, <laughs> kale pieces. You know, we trying to make the prettiest box. I've seen your pictures on Facebook, and the boxes look good, bud. On your well, pork, you. I would look at trying to stack it in there a little more, get a little bit more product in there. I know you said you didn't like it, but at least with a little more product, it might help hold a, um, some heat. Okay. And it looked like on your chicken, your front, I think it was four, did look really nice. And you could see two of them that had blown the skin like you talked about. Yeah, exactly. The ribs, they didn't look, I know you said dark, but they didn't look bad, bad. I agree. I can see you want a little more amber versus the darkness, but they didn't look bad. Okay. And I only cooked. I cook two racks. I agree. Turn in what you're comfortable with. And because let's be real, a judge, if they grab anything in there that's not good, that's when they're going to hammer you. Yeah. All right. Now let's talk about something. I'm going to ask you a question, not necessarily contest, but what'd y'all do Friday night? What'd you do anything interesting? We party. We, we party pretty hard. Typically for us, you know, Friday night, we, like I said, we party. We like to have a good time because everybody knows come Saturday, it's business. Usually I'm the one that runs off to bed early. I usually try to get to bed. I, like I said, I try to get to bed around 10. It just didn't happen. <laughs> you know, and I, I was sitting there worried because I knew we had quiet time. And I kept telling everybody, I'm like, hey, y'all keep it down. You know, I don't, I don't want to get thrown out of here. Uh, but they, the guys did great. You know, we brought all the cowboy contractors, some employees out there, uh, some friends. I think we got to bed. Well, I screwed up. I, I got to bed about one. So that five o'clock alarm came pretty early. It didn't, I don't think it showed on your product. <laughs> so I think you're, you had your cognizances. Yeah. So one of our rules are, you know, my rule in my house, if you want to, if you want to go drink like a big boy, the next morning you got to act like a big boy. You know, if you if you got to mow the yard on Saturday and you want to go drink on Friday night, guess what? got to get the mow yard on Saturday. So that's the theory I've always gone with. And, you know, if you want to go party uh, at the cook-off, great. But guess what? Saturday morning, it's business. No time to lay around. That's, that's exactly what my dad used to say. We would be, you know, teenage kids. If you're going to stay out till midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, whatever, on Friday night, Saturday morning, you better get up and go to work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, I think also what helped was the weather, you know. The weather, you know, Thursday, when I pulled it, it was cold, and, and uh, Saturday, I mean, it couldn't have been a better day. Yeah, it was beautiful Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So when did y'all pull out of, oh, sorry. So when did y'all pull out of town? Uh, you know, so I only live about six miles from where we were cooking at. You know, we got up that morning, we uh, we kind of piddled around, and I told the wife to take the kids, and take them home because I needed to clean out the camper, you know? So I, I stayed there all morning, cleaned out. I think I got out of there about 11, uh, went home and started cleaning, you know, all the dishes and all that stuff. I bring a big, an extra cooler. 
Uh, I don't like cleaning dishes inside my camper to make all, you know, the tank smell. So I take all the dirty dishes, I put them in a bar in a big cooler and I uh, bring everything home and clean it at the house. Yeah. I do a lot of like that too. We put them in a dish pan and very same thing. I'll take them home, get them in the shop and then I'll give them a good clean. Yeah. You know, Especially, you know, like with Houston, you know, last year, four days of solid cooking, I did not want to do a dish on Sunday morning. That's right. So when is your next cook? Uh, the next cook right now looks like it's going to be the Sons of Legions out in uh, Willis, which is just south of here. I do a lot of donation cook-offs, benefit people. I'm going to do one that's, you know, we like to give back. So, you know, Clint being my, my number one sponsor, he, he takes care of all my my meat, my turn in, or my uh, entry fees. And then for me, I go run around, spend money on seasonings and figure out what I want. But we, we like to give back. Like I said, the, the Boy Scouts are raising money. We're going to do that one. Then I have the Walker County Fairgrounds coming up. And then I have a, uh, what we call Sugar Hill, which is going to be up here in uh, Huntsville for the uh, American Legion up here. I think I've heard of that one. Or maybe you was telling me about it. I don't remember. I think, I think I was telling you about it. It's a good cook-off. It's a good time, and it gives back into the American Legion. You know, it takes care of veterans over there. Same thing down there in Willis. It takes care of vets down there. And, and that's where, like I said, that's why I'm trying to get better, to give more money back to those guys. That's awesome. Well, Corey, is there anything else, bud? I got one fun question for you. You know, we were watching TV at night. I had to go back and watch some reruns, and so... You know, you, you talk about truth serum, so I was going to inject you with a little bit of that. <laughs> and uh, A reverse truth serum. A reverse truth serum. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't give Myron your barbecue mud uh, recipe, so is it still out? So I was going to ask you, you know, Myron asked you about your barbecue mud. Do you still, you still use that product? We do use it here at the house, and we use it sparingly at the restaurant. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we were watching some reruns, and... Uh, I saw that. I said, man, I'm going to have to give him some truth serum on that one. <laughs> That's awesome. I It's a product that my son and I both came up with. Well, actually, he named it. Okay. We were putting it on that ribeye, and just he was right beside me. I think Tuffy asked, he said, what is that? And I heard Levi very quietly say, it's barbecue mud. And I just blurted it out. And I can tell every time that show comes on, there's reruns. I get a phone, a text, an email, something going, hey, where can I get that at? So it's just something we've kept in our back pocket and we've never put out for market yet. Nice. It's always nice to have a little something, uh, little, little family secrets out there. Corey, tell everybody where they can get a hold of you, follow your team, and tell us about your sponsors one more time. So my sponsor right now, uh, Clint Wilson with Cowboy Contractors. He's here in Huntsville. He's a great guy. Actually, as a recruiter, we put his son in the Army. And uh, that's how we built a relationship with him. Uh, he loves giving back to the vets in this community and taking care of people. Uh, my other sponsor being my wife with AKTX Designs. She makes all my shirts. She makes sure I look pretty at the uh, competitions with my signs and everything like that. So, you know, she's got a Facebook page. Again, that's AKTX Designs. And then my page, Smoke Sergeant Barbecue Cook-Off Team. We're on, we're on Facebook and Instagram and and like you said, this stuff is a bunch of veterans, and that's mainly what's on there. We don't discriminate. We let all people in there, and it's just sharing pictures and, and uh, giving each other a hard time. You know, that's where I get a lot of my critiques when I cook food or, you know, somebody asks me, man, you didn't you didn't cook anything this weekend. I said, no, it was a long weekend. But I got a lot of supporters on there of what I do. Um, again, that's, that's Smoke Sergeant Barbecue Cook-Off Team. Yeah, it's, it's great. We're just 
we're trying to build this more. You know, I'm leaving here soon out of Huntsville. Not sure where I'm going, um, but hopefully wherever I go, there's cook-offs so I can keep, you know, trying to raise money for, for veterans and, and giving that over to Hero Sports. Uh, Mike Barker with those guys has done a great, a great thing with, with those guys. Corey, you say you're leaving. Do you mean relocated with the Army? Yeah, so – the, the, the word on the street is I should be moving soon. There's nothing official yet, but uh, if I do move, we're not sure where yet. Um, but hopefully wherever I go, there's cook-offs so we can keep doing this. Well, I'll tell you what, wherever you end up, keep me updated on that. And if I'm traveling through, maybe you can come out and we can cook some Saturday together. Hey, that'd be perfect. You know, and I wanted to thank you for the uh, hospitality. You know, when I first got up here and I was like, oh, man, he's, he's next to me, you know, and and sometimes you see people on TV and everything, you're nervous about going and talk to them. And I think it was you, Clark's Crew Barbecue, were talking on the podcast about how y'all like people coming up and trading meat. And and, and that, that that was so great to be able to have that with you uh, and to pass stories along and, and tips and tricks because that really does help these local people out. Absolutely. We do these cook-offs a bunch. We understand what's kind of being looked for. Not saying we know, but we take someone that does three a year and they taste ours. They see what they did. It gives them a better view and know what to do for next year. And my gosh, if they can get a top 10 call, that's a win. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I'll tell you what, if I'm, if I'm here next year, we will be doing shotgun Fred again. So, you know, hopefully you come out if we're still here next year and, uh, they will get set up again. And, and maybe this time I'll get some calls and, uh, see how everything's progressed over the year. Oh, I believe you will, Corey. Well, Corey, thanks a lot for letting me call and chat. I just want to tell all the listeners out there, thanks for listening in. Hit the subscribe button and go check out Corey's Facebook page, Smoke Sergeant. Hey, thanks, Dave. Smash that subscribe button and be ready for Butcher's next podcast.